What is going on, Devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch, along with The Pickle. What's up, Bill? How we doing, Dad? We're doing a lot better than the last time we talked. Which was when? Which, which was after after the Tampa game, which we when we tried to record at the hotel. Yeah, so we, we so my dad and Kyle tried to record at, at the hotel after the game, and um, first of all, I wasn't trying to be a dick at all. So please, like I I, I was just saying, you wouldn't want you wouldn't if you would have listened to it the next no, day. No, I would definitely have, wouldn't oh, have wanted please. that thing on. No, no, you you don't want that. No. Out there. So, um, they were feeling no pain as they should have. They went, they had a hotel that was right next door to the arena. They were having drinks, father and son bonding over the devils. And you're going to need a couple cocktails in you. If you're going to be dressed as a pickle and Ric Flair, uh, (laughs) on the road, you know what I mean? Yeah. So why don't you tell us about the experience? It's a shame because I wish Kyle was on this episode because we did record and he was funny. He had a lot to say. Um, and we could just, you know, the stories, the stories are 90% of why we like following the devils and hockey and everything, all the stuff that goes along with it. Um, but he had a lot to say. It started with him, you being a late, an hour, uh, late an hour picking him up, right? I was. I was an hour late. We were because you were fighting with mom, right? Half and half. Uh, we were interviewing a new dog sitter for today because I'm going down to watch the game uh, in Sunrise, and mom's going. She's taking Nan to see Johnny Mathis. So we had we had argued the night before, and we're. I got the couch. Um, by choice, I might add. And then um, I, you know, I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. Um, so I wound up, I was late. I was late picking him up. And which is so, which is so off brand for you because you're usually. I'm the uh, early guy. You are usually, hey, I'll pick you up at eight o'clock. For, we got a tea time at nine tomorrow at 730. He's honking the horn in the driveway. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, anxiety level through the roof for for me. But um, and then you you're you're in the middle of trying to pass a kidney stone. I am, I am. I got I got some stuff going on, and um, you know, because I didn't get a ton of sleep last the the night before, I wound up um, you know, I was pounding a lot of coffee, and then I stopped for gas and got some Celsius, and uh, yeah, I was like, I was uh, I was full of caffeine. By the time I picked up Kyle, and right, so there was some, right, so there was some some peeing on the side of the of the Florida Turnpike. There from was, what I hear. and your brother had a video me. Well, is that totally necessary? <laughs> he didn't video you. He took a picture and he sent it to me. Of he was like, "We've only made it one exit, and and, this, <laughs> and Dad pissing on the side of the road." He wanted me to get off the exit, and anybody listening and stuff, would you literally pull off of the Turnpike? to to find a bathroom or would you just pull over to the side of the road and open the back door and you know nobody could see you it's like you know it's pretty private so anyway yes so i saw him taking pictures of me did you ever hear about the time that that we'll call him 
uh, Jimmy uh, Murray got um, arrested for peeing in Miami. I did. I did hear about that. Yeah. And they put him in Dade County. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, and, <laughs> he, and he, he fits in so well there. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, that's tough. Like, Miami is a very tough city. But, yeah, it was an interesting story. But anyway, um, so you guys make it over to Tampa. You're staying in the hotel that's basically next door to the to the rink. From what you guys have said, um, it's a great place to go see a game and um, – and I've never been to Tampa yeah. in general. I'm saying I've I've heard nothing but good things. Like I've got friends that went to the University of Tampa. I got my buddy uh, Travis who owns a, a pretty cool pizzeria down a New Jersey style pizzeria spot down in Tampa called Santoro's. You should uh, check out if you're ever down there. Um, but yeah, why don't you just give us the rundown of how, how your day went? Yeah, it it really is. They put they put on a great show. They have a great event there. Um, we stayed at the JW. We stayed at the, there's a Marriott and a JW. We stayed at the JW, the upgrade one. Um, it's right across uh, like a giant courtyard right on the water. And um, they they do a good job. They do a great job. They show, uh, they have big screens outside and they put out all Adirondack chairs for you. You could you know, they have food and, and beer and this and that. And the, one of the nice things about it is you could, you could hang outside and you could, you know, like we hang in on Edison place or whatever that is, um, have a beer and then walk into the stadium with it. And they're, they're half as much, they're twice as cheap outside is inside yeah that's weird you don't usually get that yeah and it 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 was it was you know it's it's just like a a cool little bonus that they have that you don't have to try and time it out perfect to where you're throwing away and empty and stuff but we really didn't when we got you know when we got to tampa we checked in and neither one of us had eaten it was like three o'clock so we ate had a beer went upstairs i i got a quick half hour nap and kyle didn't and um, we went down t- to the lobby bar, which had a lot of uh, Tampa Bay fans there and stuff. But it was it was nice. It was I would compare it to the place in Asheville that we were at. It was like, okay. It was it was a pretty nice place. And we sat there and had a, had a couple cocktails, and then walked over, hung out in the hung out in that big courtyard, had a beer out there, and I really didn't drink that much but i guess just the one sandwich before before the nap just wasn't enough food and um yeah you know got inside we were right on the glass kyle we debuted our our pickle uh uh costume yeah, so, so yeah let, let me hop into that real quick i don't mean to cut you off but so keep in mind they're they're dressing kyle is dressed like a pickle um and I don't know how all this. You got to post that picture on on Twitter. Which one? The pickle one. We did. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. I posted the one that you posted. I reposted it. Oh, okay. I don't know how, like, this whole pickle thing became an actual pickle thing and why. I guess it was because you guys were right on the glass over Vasilevsky's right-hand shoulder that you know Kyle was like oh we're gonna 
I would like to have seen you wear the pickle outfit being that you're the pickle, but I don't think you're secure enough with yourself to do that. And rightfully so. I I don't think I am either. I would never do that either. So shout out to Kyle for having some brass balls. Absolutely. He had Um, to alter that. So, but we were looking at the, at the, um, the policy for the arena. And one of them was like, you couldn't wear costumes that covered your face or whatever. So he was talking about how he was going to try to smuggle the, the pickle suit in. So he wore it under his clothes and then he had to like fold up a big part of it <laughs> the whole hood. where it looked like he had like he looked like uh like an umpire kind of yeah. like well, <laughs> he had like body dysmorphia um he had this really strange like think of like a hunchback but the other way up at the top of your chest so like not even like a big beer gut and he was sending he was sending pictures and it, it was so funny and then dad you were dressed like you were dressed like Ric Flair. So I'm I'm assuming you wanted to numb some of that um self-awareness going into the game into the game. Just a little bit. <laughs> so when we were watching the game, I was like, I was looking for you guys, and I finally like spotted where you guys were. And it was just funny because Kyle had the pickle over his face too. So he was like knocking on the glass and everything. And um and he what happened? And he you got couldn't even television. see. He was wearing glasses too. <laughs> he was yeah. he was wearing uh, glasses like over. He had cut out the eye holes, and he was wearing glasses over him. He he looks so funny. He really so did. we've can, we've we've like kind of we haven't argued, but we've we've um, been back and forth about being on the glass. And like I've been on the glass, and it is a really cool experience to do if you're gonna if you're a big hockey fan and you go to a bunch of games. It's cool to sit on the glass once or twice. But you really, you know, the the depth the depth perception is very difficult when you're sitting on one end of the ice and then you can't see down the other end of the ice. You know what I mean? So, like, um, why don't you explain what that was like? I mean, we, we typically, we pretty much, we had primo seats at the Rock to where we sit uh, center ice about 17 rows up. Tell me, tell me how, what your experience was, you know, you paid a lot of money for them. You wanted to be on the glass. What was your overall thought of the seats and, and I don't know, takeaways that you got from being that close behind the net? I thought it was going to be something like super special. And it is sitting on the glass, like once in a blue moon it is, is uh special. I paid 1300 bucks for those seats. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, I paid a lot of money for the seats and it was cool. I mean, uh, McLeod checked somebody right, you know, right in front of us and he knocked, it was good. You could put, it's like the best, uh, best way I could explain it is like, uh, if we used to get the, uh, used to get seats from one of our manufacturers and used to be able to put a beer on the dugout. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but we were able to put our, our beers right on the glass until Mike McLeod knocked over my beers, uh, both of our beers and my phone. Um, it's, it's really cool seeing the, how fast it is when you're on the, the glass. It looks so much faster when you're right there. Guys are looking so much bigger. You know, the hits are looking so much harder. But as far as buying season tickets and stuff, you, no, you, yeah, you I mean, are in the right spot because – I actually had to watch the highlights of the game after that. And then I had to watch, um, like I watched them on the computer and then I, 
you know, I got up again early this morning cause I didn't want to come right home and watch the game. Um, I watched, I watched the game again and you, you miss a lot. You definitely miss a lot. Um, but I, you know, it, it was cool. It was, it was cool. Are seeing you guys on the grass tonight too? We are. We're basically in the same spot. Um, okay. We're a little closer to the goal, but we are on. If you're going to sit on the glass, you want it. You want, you know, there's no reason to be on TV or anything. We're not wearing anything. Um, but um, we're sitting on the penalty box side again. Um, that side, the right off the goalie's right shoulder. Okay. So, um, but what did make me feel a little better was there was a guy dressed in like a blue Scottish kilt with a mohawk and he was all painted up like, uh, going in. And then we had a guy in our row, uh, sitting with his face and his beard. He had like a giant beard, like spray painted blue, black, Mm -hmm. uh, eyebrows like uh penciled in which i don't know it seemed a little strange and he was wearing a hard hat with a goalie uh light helmet on top so i was like yeah we're okay we could we can come as rick flair in a pickle yeah i mean um you know you, we could get into the game real quick i thought the devils played very well i mean if you would have said that we would have got a point going into that game with the lineup that we had you would have been happy with that. And what was crazy was by the end of the game, you were almost a little disappointed that we didn't get two points out of it because we definitely outplayed them. I thought it was a real lunch pail. They kind of simplified things. They knew that they were going to have to play hard. And that's kind of how the team has to play when their superstars are in the lineup too. It's like, why do you have to wait until everybody's injured to like simplify your game and just get north and south get a four check, keep a puck down low, try to cycle. You know what I mean? Like make, take the easy pass out of your zone when you're playing defense. Um, they did a lot of, a lot of simple things and they, and they played with a lot of heart and that's the kind of effort that you need to see when you have a, a full lineup. And and I think the devils have been in this, you know, they've gotten used to relying on their talent to, to bail them out of certain situations or come back at the end of a game I'd like to see them get back to basics. One of the things that we've continued to talk about was the power play one and how we haven't necessarily been a fan of Jack Hughes carrying the puck into the offensive zone and gaining the blue line. And then the way that he sets the puck up on the power play to me, it seems, um, it, it seems very telegraphed. And I thought that the power play one, despite Luke Hughes, he loses that puck and it, and it turns to, it turns into a shorthanded goal they ended up taking him off of the power play one and they put Nemitz on there. It has nothing to do with Nemitz or Luke Hughes. I'm just saying, I think that with the two of them, uh, there, there seemed to be a little bit more structure to the power play. And it looked more like a traditional power play where they tried to move the puck around and find an open shot. And I actually thought that, um, the power play looked pretty good. Um, again, the devil's goaltending fails us. Vitek Vanacek went up a, a couple easy goals. It would have been the deciding factor in the game. You know, Vasilevsky had an, uh, you know, his goals uh, above expected were positive and Vanacek's were almost a negative two. And we outshot them. I think it was 30 to 20 in the game. Um, 
but the, the goaltending continues to be an issue. And it actually was funny because I was looking at it today and, and Sam Wu posted something about, uh, we need to keep playing VTech and play VTech right. more. I saw that. And listen, I don't have any problem with Sam Wu as a person. I really don't. But he trolls everybody. He that he is just he did not get enough attention or something as a kid because he posts the strangest I mean, he does it just to piss people off. Like, mm-hmm. I love Lindy Ruff. I I, you know, play Brendan Smith more. Uh just, you know, not I'm not quoting him, but it's just like he takes these like hard stances on on really just outlandish takes that it's like at this point you're just trolling and you're looking for attention. Exactly. Which, which it's funny because you know he has a he has one of those accounts where he, like he's a celebrity and you could pay him to to talk <laughs> to do like a happy birthday wish or something like that. So I tried to pay him to um, to say some stuff about the devils and say some stuff about the podcast and and our people, he wouldn't do it right <laughs> and, and, and you and like it was all like funny stuff that I mean I don't know but uh, he sent me my money back it was uh, he, he refused to do it uh-huh. it would have just been so That's cool so to have funny. some Sam Wu quotes that in the middle of these conversations he would just you know. No, I would just no, hit that the sound be, effects button and funny. bring it up. Oh my god, it was so that funny! Would, but he was—he didn't—he didn't want to do it. Every time I've ever met him, he's been nothing but a nice guy. Oh, to me, absolutely! But, and, but it's like he has some really strange takes. He pisses a lot of people off. Well, it's not—it's just not. It, you can't at this point, and you know, it ain't—it's not personal. You just—it's not personal no, at all. You can't. You just can't. You can't play VTech. You just can't. Um, even when Luke Hughes fell down, I mean, that was the softest, softest shot. And it wasn't like VTech wasn't ready or anything. You could tell he patted his glove right before that and got into his stance. And it was just like, come on, man. You know, you, you got to, there's no, there's no defending him at this point. And it doesn't matter. I would rather go, I would rather go Nico, uh, Schmid, at this point, because I really feel like I said at the last podcast, when, when uh, Blackwood used to play, our, our team played different. You play different in front of somebody that you really don't have. You could tell the team doesn't have a ton of confidence in him in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, it's, he's had a rough go of it. And then even when he does make saves, it just looks like he's out of position. It looks like he's, to me, like he's over committing on plays, which leads to him being out of position. Well, being out of position, I can give you a great example. If you, if you DVR the game, watch the game again. He's defending the back of the net. And I get it where you don't want somebody to bounce something off of you, but he's in his full stance, like trying to stop the puck from going in front of the net rather than just back around and get behind that post, man. It's like, and they can't do that to you. Um, he is, it's like, it's almost like it's, it's a fire drill. He's gotten real in his head. You know what I mean? You could tell. And it's a shame because he's such a likable guy. He is. He is. He's a very likable and, and guy. You, and you want to root for him, but it's been uh it's been incredibly hard over these last um this last go of it. 
let's get into Simone Nemitz. Now, we, you know, I've I've been beating the drum on this kid forever. Uh, but would you agree that he might be our best defenseman right now? I mean, he is. And I, I was, I was talking, I was, I was just, you know, we're talking about the game, me and mom today. And, um, I was like, I could only imagine, I could only imagine if, um, if Dougie was healthy, like he is, he's, far exceeded anybody's expectations for his first, what, 20 games in or whatever. It's nobody would have imagined that he would be such a solid defenseman forget, you know, just complete defenseman that's able to play, you know, good defense and able to move the puck and, and control the blue line. He's, he's good. He's, he's incredible. I mean, the amount of, the amount of compo- the way he's so composed and it looks like he's, he looks like he's been playing for years. I mean, like the, the patience and the way that he's handling himself, he's playing on a top pairing with Brendan Smith on right. the road. You know what I mean? And I just look like he looked like he's been there a million times. And this is a 19 year old kid who, you know, has broken English and is living in a new country for the first time. I guess, I mean, it started last year, but I'm just saying you think about what you were doing when you were 19 years old. He just looks so comfortable and so poised that it really, to me, is is so impressive. Um, I, I can't even imagine what he's going to look like in three, four, five years down the road. One of the guys that I, I have compared him to, I mean, not the size part, but he does remind me of like a Victor Hedman kind of. He plays very smart and never looks like he's, you know, you never see Nemitz like skating extremely hard, like coming back, which you could look at two ways. You could look at it like, well, why isn't he skating hard? Because he does get caught out of position sometimes. Or I'm just saying his natural stride looks very, um, it just, it's, it's with ease. You know what I mean? Right. It's Good like skaters look like they're not putting any effort into it. And they're, you know, rather than a, Miles Wood, all arms and legs flailing. Yeah, like, you know what it is. He's not behind the play a lot. You know right. what I mean. So like, he's not. He's you don't. You never see him like hit that next level. But I just have been so impressed. Tell me when you watched him. This he's like thicker than you would think. You know what I mean? Like there's he's nineteen a big year kid, old. Yeah, he's, he's like a grown man. He's over two hundred pounds. Um, and you remember a lot of these kids, they come into the league, they're six foot, they're six foot one. Think of like Nico Heischer when he came in and he was very, he was very thin. He has, he wasn't filled out yet. Um, Nemitz is kind of has that like grown man, like build to him to where I think he's going to continue to get better. He's also, he's getting kind of like chippy. Like he got into, right. he got a rough penalty for the first time. Um I was going to bring that up because that kind of happened by us and somebody, you know, it was going to be like a two on one, I think on Dawson Mercer or somebody where somebody, a third man had jumped in and he grabbed him like horse collared him and like yanked him off. Like, like he's a, he looks like he's a very strong kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that you have to be, uh, which is really positive. I mean, there's been a lot of, we've had, you know, we got so lucky last year when it came to injuries. I mean, and we talked about it and we talked about how that's just, it's like really, you never really see that. And then this year 
we came into the season, we knew that we had extreme depth. Uh, we looked at our roster and we thought that we had four lines that you'd be able to roll. And one by one, we've had injuries to everybody between Nico and Jack and Timo and Dougie and, and this guy and that guy. And it started to really add up. And um, you're going to have years like this. One of the things that I think is good is that you had the year last year where you didn't have any injuries. You saw what you could do if you play well and the potential that your team has when it's firing on all cylinders and you break a season six, uh, single season point record. So when you have a season like this where everybody's injured and the points are harder to come by, you have a very wonky schedule with all these back-to-backs and they haven't had any luck off the back-to-back. You haven't had the goaltending that you had last year. Um, And now you're about to go down the stretch and you have the hardest schedule in the league. You're almost glad that you had no injuries last year. The team is aware of how good that they can really be. They know that this is not something, this isn't same old devils to where if you didn't have last year and they were, and they, you know, they flip flop, they might not have, um, they might not believe in themselves. Exactly. So, you know, they know what they're capable of. They know that they are elite. Um, and that this is just something that you're going to have to push through. And this is what happens to teams before they, you know, the road to success is not easy and and there's going to be a lot. And I think you learn a lot from your, from your failures. And this goes with anything in life. It's like failure is part of success. You know what I mean? And like, when you're the team is having an off season and the things aren't going their way, whether it's injuries or puck luck or goaltending, it's the teams that pick themselves up. They know how they know what they are. They know what they're capable of. And then they're able to progress and then take themselves to the next level and use that experience to their advantage. Um, We could talk about Colin Miller. I thought Colin Miller played a hell of a game. Fantastic. Um, and what a pickup he's been. And thank God we picked him up um, despite, uh, you know, going into the season, we we weren't sure what we were going to do with the six defensemen. We were hoping that Nemitz was going to make the team from camp. That didn't happen. Now that you look at it, you think, geez, like, can you imagine if Dougie was in the lineup? Yeah. And what that right side would look like. So, you know, we played Brendan Smith on the right side with Luke. Hugh- this is how we started the season with Siegenthaler and Hamilton. And then you had Ball, Marino, and then they played Luke Hughes with Brendan Smith to start the season. Can you imagine if you had Luke Hughes and Nemitz as your sixth defensive pairing or as your as your third defensive pairing instead of... And then we were calling for basically Luke Hughes to play second, second pairing minutes with Marino right. because that wasn't working. And I think that um, I think that the pairing of Ball and Nemitz on a third pairing would have been would have been great, um, but things didn't work out that way. Actually, you know, as much as we've bashed Brendan Smith, he has been pretty um, versatile, being that he could play forward and defense. So it's like you might as well suit the guy up because we have so many injuries. You don't know where we're going to need help in the lineup just to whether someone needs rest or what or whatever. I mean, we had him playing forward, but then meanwhile we were throwing him out there on the penalty kill as a defenseman, and it's kind of good to have somebody that could do that. I don't know why more players don't do that, to be honest with you. Um, it's not like Brendan Smith is this insane talent that has like, you know, 
I, I don't I don't understand why more players can't play. Right. He's not like a Bo Jackson. He could do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like Dion. But not for nothing, you know, we have bashed him for a long, long time. And, you know, I'm the rightfully so a lot of the time, but right now you gotta say, man, you know, hat, hats off. Hats off to him, man, because he is He's still going to take the bad penalty here and there, but I mean, the guy is just, he's, he's, he's been a rock the last, the last month he's been a rock. He's stepping up when our team like kind of needs it. He's kind of like, you know, we've, we've lost a lot of very influential uh, elderly statesmen of the team, guys who would lead this team. And he he has kind of led by example and at least gone out there and tried to do his part. And that's all you can ask for. Speaking of penalties, the Devils took a ton, not a ton, but they took all their penalties at the wrong time. Right. Like, they shot themselves in the foot. Tons of stupid plays, too. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't the 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 Max Wilmans or the Shane Bowers that were taking penalties. It was our veterans. You know, Halla took a penalty. Smith took his, um, you know, he takes a penalty a game. Uh, he signed up for that in his contract. So he took the penalty. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of bum penalties that I think really halted some of the momentum of the team. And I don't know, they gotta, they have to be aware of stuff like that. They could have got a, there was a couple, uh, there could have been a too many men on the ice penalty that I don't think was called one of the penalties or one of the, one of the calls that really influenced the game was the gall cold called back the goal called back um that Mike McLeod scored. Remember that? The goal that was called back. Uh, it with the offsides? No. Yeah. Oh, the offsides goal was offsides. It was offsides. I mean it Nemitz was. Nemitz brought it in. He bought the puck. Well, in. well it was kind of like the, it, the it, defender it, tried to like use his backhand to get control of the puck right. and, and tried and, to bring it back and as he did that Nemitz hit the puck it was on the blue line, literally. It was. And it hit, was. And he hit it. So, like, the guy was bringing the puck back into his zone, at, and then at that point, it wouldn't be offside. You know it, right, mean? right. So, right. It, it was a real ticky-tacky call. I think that they got it right, and I was fine with it. And actually, there was a, a, goal, a goal called back by um, Tampa as well, right? There was. There was. Um, uh, they pushed uh, Vitek's leg into the net. Like he had it, he had control, and somebody came in, just like pushed his his foot in, and it went in. Um, that was the first goal of the game, right? Or, or it would have been the first goal. Yeah, you know, the they, they they showed a lot of they showed a lot of character fighting back. I mean, they were down, and they were able to they were come they were able to come back. I thought Jesper Bratt, he had a ton of opportunities. You would have liked to have seen him score. Um, he had he multiple. Had a goal. He had multiple. Yeah, he did. He had multiple breakaways. He had seven yeah, shots on on net, um, but he, you know, he wasn't able to to capitalize at the end of the game. Um, I got a I got an email here from Mike DeCaro, who he hits up all the time. He hits me up all the time. He's a, a friend of the podcast, and he was just bringing up how the grit and the effort was there. I love that uh, the shorty and the delayed penalty goal didn't kill us. We could have easily have folded there and said, it's not our night, but we fought and got a loser point. Uh, we're missing some of our top end finishing talent, especially on the power play and overtime. We did not look dangerous 
outside of five on five tonight, but I'll take a good even strength uh, play over a mid five on five propped up by an elite power play, which I agree. Here's one of the problems. We need better five on five play. That's what we're looking for. We don't want to have to rely strictly on the power play, which our power play has not been going. We have not been drawing penalties. We want our five on five play to be better. We don't want to have to score strictly off of the rush either. Alexander Holtz is our number one five-on-five goal scorer. He got the third lowest amount of ice time in the game. With all of these injuries, with the way that our roster looks, our call-ups from the AHL, a guy who leads the team in five-on-five goals, he's got to play more. I don't care. I don't care that Lindy Ruff doesn't like him. It just doesn't make sense. He gives us an opportunity to score, like, flat out. Do you think it's his defensive game that Lindy doesn't like? It, it, I think, like, originally it was, and then I think that Holtz has worked on it. Now, here's the thing. Holtz did not have a great defensive game. No. He did not play, he did not play great defensively, um, but he was, not, he was not the problem. He was not a liability no, being he, put out there. He wasn't, the li- he wasn't a liability. Um, he didn't look aggressive enough uh, going after the puck uh, along the boards and stuff where, you know, when I saw Wilman and I saw Bauer, I was like, wow, this is going to – those guys, those guys, they were like the worker bees, Tierney. I mean, they, those guys worked. Expect? They worked really, really hard. I'm just saying that they worked really, really hard. And it just – it what stands out. Though? Excuse me? What do you expect from a guys that are called up from the AHL playing in their first games? Of course, like that, you could call up any single person and you're going to see the same thing. It's just going to be a guy just skating as hard as he can, trying to finish every check. Like it's like the most, that's what it looks like. No. Yeah. Well, they, it, they were playing hard hat hockey. It was, and it yeah, was, because they and don't it, have the high end talent to play any other way. You know what I mean? Like right. that's how they get into the lineup is by playing like that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, I'm just saying that's how they play. Like no, they don't because that's the way we have to play right now. We just don't have the like high you end. You like Brent Cini because he played like that. Just played hard. Just you know, put give it, put a hundred percent in, and you know but what? He sucks. Uh, yeah, he's still he banging sucks. around. He he he's not. He doesn't have a high talent uh, level. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he's playing on the third line of the, like arguably the worst team in the league. Right. I, I just like the way we played. I like the way we played. I like the way, um, you know, sim- like you said, simplifying the game, but dump and chase and, and crash the boards and play real hard along the boards. It's the only way we could play right now. Um, you know, put two lines of talent and two lines of, you know, a hard forecheck. You know, I thought that the McLeod Mercer Holtz line looked really good when they played together. They dominated all the shifts. They looked fantastic. When they played together. And of course they were broken up. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is. I don't know what the, the line combination, the thought process between the line combinations is. Um, it, it looks like you're, I, I can't understand what the role of each line is. That's my problem. Well, they, like, what, well, we had talked about that. They should have moved all of the right side up. I mean, the right side should have went up. Brat should have went up to uh, to uh, Nico's line, you know, or Halla come down and Holtz come up onto that second line with McLeod. Um, 
and they just they they didn't do like, it. I think I think you need some goals scored. You you don't have exactly so many people. It's like I think that you have to put you have to put Holtz out there a little bit more. Like he can score. Like that's his thing. Like that's what you want him for. I mean, do you not think that you know uh, you could go down the list and and pick out goal scorers on teams? And sure, there's guys that play very good defensive games as well, but there's a lot of goal scorers who that's what they do. We score goals like, you know, the Patrick Lines of the world. It's like I'm never saying that Alex Holtz is going to be a, a great two-way forward. It's like I'm not going to ever claim that. Um, so you're going down to the game tonight, right? We are. We're going yep. down. Yep. Looking forward it, to it. Yeah, you guys are uh, – you're going to have a tough one tonight because it's Florida... going to be ridiculously tough. They won nine in a row and they don't lose when they score first. And we give up the first goal. I know. I know. It's, it's like the, the perfect storm. I feel like Mark Wahlberg going out with Clooney. <laughs> it's the perfect storm. But I kind of felt like I felt I counted us out. Like you said, walking into that that uh, Tampa game, if you would have told me I can come away with one point, I would have said, "Wow, fantastic! I'll I'll take it." And I was, you know, I said on our last podcast that right now all I'm expecting when you have, you know, when you have all these guys out, when you have Timo and Jack out and Siegthaler and just everybody Palat, it's like all I'm looking for is 500 hockey until we can get healthy and then hopefully put a push together. No, I'm, our schedule is very, very tough. So, I mean, if you, if you I were to ask you last that, week, if Tampa, if do you Tampa, think that if you do, if you play 500 hockey until your players get healthy, that you're still going to be in a position that that's enough to make a playoff push. I'm talking about through this small section of the the schedule where we had Tampa, Florida, and Boston coming up, and and Carolina, and without our our well, key players, without key players, have, I would be happy. Boston, you have Dallas, you have Vegas, you have Carolina, you have Tampa again. Right, but I'm thinking. You don't think that these guys are going to be back? Um, you have I'm, Colorado. I'm, it's like I'm hoping Jack's back by next weekend. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm and t- they're saying Timo's the furthest along he's skating. So I'm thinking not in practice. Yes, skating on his own. Correct. I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. I you know, but it's like I I'm it's trying to formulate. I'm trying to formulate a way to back into the playoffs with all these injuries. And I'm thinking right now, well, we have all these tough games. If we could steal points here, if we can come away 500 when we're playing, you know, the top teams in the league, and then get healthy and play our our conference games. Um, okay. Well, you would have to steal them. Well, this is the way I look at it. I. You're not going to bring a guy back and play. You're not going to bring your franchise player back to play next week or the week after when you have the the winter break and the all-star break coming up at the last week of January and first week of February. So you would hold them out that entire time and bring them back on the 6th of February. Um, but you would need to steal games. 
I mean, realistically, it, you know, you have Boston on the road. That is going to be very tough. What's kind of nice is we start to have some games on the regular now. So the, 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 um, the schedule opens up a little bit. So you have Boston Monday afternoon, 1 o'clock game. I'll be working. Then uh, the Canadians at home, you should be able to beat them on Wednesday. Friday, you get Columbus on the road. Hopefully you could beat them. But then you have the back side of that back-to-back is Dallas, who we have not been able to win on the, on the back end of a back-to-back. They are missing Heiskanen. Heiskanen's out for weeks with a, with a knee problem. You have a day off, and then you play Vegas. Vegas is very good. Two days off, you play Carolina on the road. You go back to Tampa on the road. Then you have the all-star break. Then I would assume you would get either Timo or Jack back for this Tuesday game on February 6th versus the Colorado Avalanche. That's going to be a difficult game regardless. Um, Calgary, and then you go to Carolina for Saturday, February 10th. It just This is not going to be easy. But you are going to play games a little bit more regularly. And you only have two back-to-backs in the next month and a half. So that's, uh, yeah, two back-to-backs in the next month and a half. So that's kind of encouraging because that's been a mess. Yeah. You know, there's been talk about, there's been talk about Jacob Markstrom. Dad's not a Jacob Markstrom guy. Made it a point. Well, maybe I am now. <laughs> I just we we can't play VTech. We just can't do it. I know, but you you it's like you didn't know anything about him. You just said you didn't like him. You know what I mean? But he leads the league in the highest goals saves no, above absolutely. expected. And he's been great. Like he's been great for years. But um, you know, there's rumors about Markstrom possibly being moved. It looks like Calgary wants to break everything down. They have a pretty good team too. They have really? a lot of valuable pieces. They're on a tear. So it's like uh Hannafin. Tanev, there could be a move for Markstrom paired with a defenseman. It could be a multiplayer trade. And if I had to, it would be prospect, young player, Casey, and a first if you're going to throw all those guys in. Hannafin, here's the deal with him. Hannafin is totally the kind of guy that you see on a championship team. He's like kind of under the radar. He's really good. He's going to want to get paid a lot of money too. He's going to want to get paid over seven million bucks, and rightfully so. He deserves it. He is just two way, amazing defenseman. Can move the puck. He's big. Doesn't play extremely physical, but he's got a shit ton of talent. He's a guy that, like, if you could get him over here in a trade, have him buy into the situation, have him buy into the thought of us having a 10-year window of winning a Stanley Cup and get him to take a little bit of a discount with the the salary cap moving up, it would be hard to do. But, man, he is he would be like – he would be a great second-pairing defenseman. He would be great. That That's exactly what you'd be looking for. Tanev, on the other hand, he's a little more of a uh, – he plays a lot more of a physical game, and he's kind of been all over – he's kind of like a wild card to me. He's been all over the place. Um What's going to happen is there's going to be a roster freeze coming up. I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. I haven't looked it up, but there's going to be a roster freeze where you're not going to be able to move anybody. So you're going to see some you're going to see some roster adjustments coming up 
whether it's players getting sent down to the AHL, players being waived because there's going to be um, some moves made before the the All-Star break. They don't want people trading during the All-Star break and then, you know, right. have them representing the wrong team and stuff like that. So um, I'm curious to see what happens. Last night, Kevin Weeks posted something on Twitter with, it was just like, and, you know, Kevin Weeks has been breaking all the stories, you know, Kevin Weeks is definitely like juiced into the the rumor mill, and um, he's and Markstrom. He posted a picture of Markstrom with some with some eyeballs around it, like something might be happening with him. And then you have to look at Elvis Merslickens as well. I mean, Merslickens he played dominant versus the Devils. He's been good. He he's kind of a weird story. He came in really hot to Columbus, and the fans bought into him. Um, and now he's not happy with being a backup goalie. So he has made it a point to come out verbally and say that his time in Columbus could potentially be up if he's not going to get the starts that he thinks he deserves. And that could be an option, even even if it's a short-term option for us to to bring him in and just have some sort of stability in net because it's really hard to it's gonna get even it's gonna get much harder. I mean, to me. January is always like the worst month of the NHL. This is like the sleepiest month of the NHL. And then once after the all-star break, you have the beginning of the season where the good teams separate themselves from the shitty teams where the shitty teams make it known that they're shitty and they take themselves out of the situation completely. After that, it's like kind of, it's kind of boring almost for the next month and a half until the all-star break. And then everybody is in their, you know, you're positioned in the standings and then it's a fight down the stretch. And very rarely do teams completely, there's always one or two or three teams that completely pull away from everybody and don't have to really dig in like that. But for the most part, the Metropolitan Division and the Eastern Conference is going to be a dogfight. I don't see, I don't know. It's the first time that the Devils have been under 50% chance of making the, the, the playoffs according to... Um, Dom decision from the athletic. I, I'm, I'm curious. Like I, I'm having a hard time seeing them make the playoffs at this point. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it is going to be hard. It's going to be real hard for them to make the playoffs. Um, it, you know, not being healthy, not being healthy. I think you know, you get if we can get three of the guys back. You know, we can get Timo Plot and, and Jack back and they could stay healthy for the rest of the year. I think, you know, we have a legitimate shot. Goaltending, you know, we're going back three years where we said if we could only get an average goalie. And Vitek kind of fit that mold last year. You know, he he played he played like an average goalie. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't Shesterkin, but he wasn't Blackwood. So... We and we don't have that this year. So your goalie's got to be able to make big saves. It's it carries your momentum, your confidence, and everything else. And um, but I think it starts with I think it starts with getting some people off the IR. It's like getting getting Jack, getting Timo, getting Palat. I know, back. but they're not. So like we have to win some games while while they're not while they're not here. And with subpar go, uh, with a subpar goalie. With with them continuing to play VTech, we're we're probably not going to do that. No, 
And so, if it takes them two and a half weeks or three weeks to come back, by that time, you've played seven, eight, you've played eight games. Can we afford to go two and six or three and five in those eight games? I don't know. I don't know. It depends if you can get on a hot streak. Does it does it make sense playing VTech? Or does it make more sense playing play playing point. Schmidt, playing Schmidt and, and and Dawes? I don't see the downside of playing Schmidt and Dawes. Schmidt I honestly don't. Shit too. Schmidt's not good. His is he was still playing better than VTech. And it's like, why not you gotta go with your best players? That's that's the way I feel. Or give uh, you know, give somebody else a shot. Just so, what would you do? I mean, you would you would roster three goaltenders. Well, can't we, you? We, I would wave VTech. Nobody's going to pick him up and let him finish out the year in the AHL. Who's going to pick him up? Who wants him? I mean, he's not an asset. Do you do you feel he's an asset? Do you feel he's a trading chip? No. No. So it's like, who cares? Who cares what happens? He's not playing good enough. He's not playing good enough to give us any chance. 800 uh, save percentage. And I'm not, everything isn't about a save percentage, but it's the easy goals, the, the easy goals that are let in. And you could just tell that, you know, nobody really has a lot. It doesn't seem to me like they have a lot of confidence with, with him behind. So I, I would try anything else that any other option would be a better option. That's the way I feel. And I believe me, it's like, I, I'm no, you know, I'm just going by what I say. I mean, I'm fine with it. It's like, a, I just don't think that Schmidt is any good either. Well, we know VTech isn't any good. That we do know. He's played a lot of games, and he can't seem to get out of this funk right now. So I don't believe he gives us a, a chance to win right now. Do you feel like Tom Fitzgerald's been sitting on his hands? Maybe. Maybe. I think that – I think we knew, you know, and then it comes down to – it's it's really – it's, you know, a GM's job is really hard, and – um Coach's job is really hard. All these guys. Is it, we talked about it, we talked about it the last show. Is it worth it going out at this point, making moves, um, trying to salvage this year? When you have people that, you know, when you have a Dougie that isn't coming back, when you have, doesn't sound like Palat is coming back. Um, is it worth it? You know, Siegenthaler is going to be out for months. Is it worth it to go out and start making moves and, you know, getting rid of assets and and to try and save this year? Yeah, I know, but it's also he could send he could send wave Vanacek if he wanted to. Well, waving Vanacek would be a good start, and hopefully somebody would pick him up, and and we'd be able to free up some of that salary. Do you offer sheet somebody at the end of the year? Do you offer sheet a goalie? That that doesn't happen. It How many offer sheets have there been in the history of there the There hasn't. NFL? There hasn't been a lot, but we know that we're a goalie away. I I feel that we're a goalie away. 
So what are you going to do? You're going to give up three first-round picks? I think we have a pretty young team right now. Mm, yeah. I don't know. You can't, you can't just have no picks. No, I know you can't have no picks. And, and That's it's, just, not, it's not you know like you, we're... You know what you're doing is you're really... You're, you're just so far... You get so far out there. If you trade away all of your picks, you leave yourself with people are going to get older, dude. Like people are going to want more money. There's going to people are going to leave. If you don't have anybody in your pipeline, that's how you end up how we were. Right. You have to have some talent coming through your pipeline. I just want a goalie. I was going to actually bring a sign being as we're on the glass that I'll play net. I think I could do it. We should get the walrus from that commercial to play. Just get something. Maybe stack some of the AHL guys up in front of the net, you know, and just use them as like a, as a, as a blocker. <laughs> You're on a roll, Dad. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's just it's it's sad. It's sad that this is our conversation. That it's you know it's the middle of January, and this is the conversation that we're having. When you know, two months ago, it was it was nothing less than going and trying to play for the cup. Um, but injuries happen. We just had, we just had more. We weren't than, really playing great before, prior to the injuries. Well, we had just started the season. It's you know, come on, man. You you think we don't have enough talent on our team? I'm not if saying that. I everybody... did not say that. Don't don't. Did I say that? Well, you said you said that we weren't said we playing weren't good. Playing Mainly, great. kind of kind of making like that we didn't have a good team, but we don't have a goalie. We didn't have a goalie from the beginning. Did not say of the we year. don't have a good team. I'm saying we weren't playing good when we were when we were fully healthy. We were not playing good. There needs to be a change made. There does, and we need a goalie. That is yeah. our change. That is our, you know. Let's get what's his name? Jeremy Brodor. Bring him up. Okay, well, have a safe trip down to Miami or Sunrise and um We'll we'll keep an eye out for you on the on the glass. Okay, I'll are be you there. driving or is are you guys coming back? I got tonight? a car service. I got a car service oh, okay. bringing us down. It's 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 a it could be a it could be an hour and ten minute drive or it could be a a two and a half hour drive. It's, is it a limo? No, I have a Escalade. We took a limo back. We went to a show. Uh, we went and saw fish in Camden one time. That's why I went to the limo. My my uh, my father is like, let's just get a car service so we can, you know, we don't have to worry about driving. We could drink and we can have a good time. And right, so we we get this limo. Was it white? It was. It was a white limo. So it was like uh, think um, Tom Super, Hanks and big. Yeah, you know what big, I mean? Big stretch. <laughs> so we have this white limo pick us up and uh we we go out and we're hanging out in the in the parking lot in Camden and uh was it Camden or Philly? No, we were in Philly. We uh, were in, in Philly, what's that? Yeah, at the yes, man theater. At the man. 
And um, so we're like hanging out. It was great. We At the end of the night, we come out. We got a car there. He's going to drive us home. So we get in the back of the car. We're stuck in traffic in Philadelphia forever. It's like taking like a half hour. Um, the two of us are like starting to fade. So we like close our eyes and we're awoken by the car. We're not the only people that closed our eyes. Apparently our limo driver fell asleep as well. <laughs> and on Route 70 on our way home, and he drives off the road and no brakes smashes into a car and then hits up over um what what was that it was like he, it was like the he hit the curb and sent the car he must have sent the car airborne it got like wedged between Oh, trees well, yeah so we like it was like a u-turn and we like f- we we just missed this telephone pole hit the curb we're like flying all over the back of the car not knowing right. what's going on um and then we almost hit this huge tree in the middle of a of a u-turn so the co- we realized the car stops and we like crawl out of it and we're like what the fuck and we look around the car is totaled there's another car that's just smashed in the middle of Route 70 with some dude bleeding and, and everything. There's a tree right next to us to where we were so close to hitting a telephone pole or a, a it was a stoplight, actually, and a tree. And we come out and I'm like, oh, my God. And the limo driver doesn't ask us how we are, how we're doing, you know. Nothing. He's calling his boss. He's like, oh, man, I messed the car up. And we're like dude so we like run over to the other car and this guy's like bleeding from his head and everything and you know we call 911 and uh they're like your car is total you you have to figure out how to get home and i don't know if it was to be honest with you i remember my phone was like dead but i didn't know if we didn't have uber or right okay like, yeah it's you know we got a 12 person car so we could so we could both lay down in the car and sleep because i think it was fourth july weekend we had a busy we had a busy week but my phone went through that that drop down in between the driver and what do you call it? i couldn't find my phone we after we crawled out we saw the guy on the phone we ran over to the other guy and he's bleeding and he's like half unconscious and then I listen, I figure he's calling 911. It's like, he's talking to his boss. I'm like, did you call 911? And your phone wasn't working. I couldn't find my phone. And he was like, I'm talking to my boss. I'm like, call 911. Yeah. What are you crazy? Yeah. So um, this guy was just like, did not give a shit. And I, uh, and I don't know why, like we didn't have Uber or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but we had to call. So they're like, the car's totaled. You got to tow it. And we're like, okay, now we're standing outside of Camden on the side of the road. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And we call a taxi. The cops called us a taxi. Is that what happened? Yeah. We didn't have a phone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. So this dude pulls up. He was the grimiest looking guy I've ever seen in my entire life in the grimiest car ever. And he's like, all right, where am I bringing you guys? And we're like, oh, we're going. I was living in Tom's River at the time. So we get into the back. 
him and his like crackhead white girlfriend are just changed. She was the driver. No, she wasn't. No, no, she wasn't. She wasn't. No, they were just chain smoking cigarettes. And like, it was, it was so sketch. The guy was literally Camden just driving around, picking people up and like, I, I thought it was a hooker on. taxi service. That's yeah, what it I might thought. Have been. It, no, it, it looked it, like it, it looked like a hooker and her her pimp, yeah. you know, that would pick people up and 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 now we're driving across the state with him, and <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back of the car, and I just feel the wheel like in the back is like going side the drive to shaft, and I'm just like swaying back and forth, and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, and. On Route 70, it's one lane one way and one lane the other way, and there's, like, tractor trailers blowing by and stuff, and they're just, like, yelling at each other and smoking cigs, and the car is all over the road. And I just see, like, headlights of, like, a tractor trailer, like, coming at me, and I'm just, like, closing my eyes after every car would pass. And I was I'm like, like oh please, we, we've already been in one accident tonight. Could you please so go slower? I'll give you more money, so please. We get, to, we get to Tom's River. He's like, where do you guys live at? And I'm like, um, I gave him the wrong address because I was like, there's no way this guy's, I'm bringing this guy to my house. I, he ended up dropping me off down the road. <laughs> down the road. <laughs> I walked home. That was so scary. Thanks. This is a great story to bring up as I as I'm ordering a car service here. Well, what's crazy is what's crazy is um that's not the worst taxi drive that we've had in Camden. Oh yeah, I remember that other one. I flagged him down. We'll 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 save that for another one. Yeah, I think that's a scary one. That's a that's a crazy story. <laughs> but um Okay, yeah, so uh we got a lot of games coming up, so we're going to have a bunch of podcasts coming up over the next uh, week. And um, I hope you guys have fun. Get down there. have Be safe. And then we'll try to record something uh, maybe tomorrow or after the game Monday. After okay. our win tonight. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yep. Um, you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch. And I'm here with the Pickle. I hope everybody has a, a great weekend, and we'll talk soon. Peace. Let's get it all in perspective For all y'all enjoyment A song y'all can step with Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice But I ain't 5-0 Y'all know it's Nas, yo Great Goose and a whole lot of Hydro Only describe us as soldier survivors Stay laced in the best Well-dressed with finesse in the white tee Looking for white meat Thug girl who fly and talk so nicely Put her in the coupe so she can feel the nice breeze We can drive through the city, no doubt But don't say my car's topless Say the titties is out Newness, here's the anthem Put your hand up that you shoot with Count your loot with Push the pool stick in your new crib Same hand that you hoop with Swing around like you stupid King of the town Yeah, I've been that You know I click clack Where you and your men's at Through the smurf, through the wop Baseball bat Rooftop like we bringing 88 back They shooting Oh, I made you look You a slave to a page in my rhyme book Getting big money Playboy, your time's up Where them gangsters Where them dimes at they shootin'.
Ah, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters at? Where them dimes at? This ain't rapping, this is street hop. Now get up off your ass like your seat's hot. My live niggas lit up the reefer. Trunk of the car, we got the street sweeper. Don't start none, won't be none. No reason for your mans to panic. You don't wanna see no ambulances. Knock a pimp's drink down in this pimp cup. That's the way you get Timberland up. Let the music diffuse all attention. Ball of convention, free admission. Hustlers, dealers, and killers can move swift. Girls get close, you can feel where the tools kept. All my just coming homies, parolees. Get money, leave the beef alone slowly. Get out my face, you people so phony. Pull out my waist, the eagle 440. They shootin'. Ah, oh, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters, where them dimes at? They shootin'. Ah, oh, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters at? Where them dimes at? Running. Yo, my mood is real rude. I lay you out, show you what still do. Mobsters don't box my pump shot of blodges. Every invitation to fight your punk asses. Like Punch said, you ain't even in me class up. Made batch bins, backseat, TV plasma. Ladies looking for athletes or rappers. Whatever you choose, whatever you do. Make sure he a thug and intelligent too. Like a real thoroughbred is. Show me love, let me feel how the head is. Females who's the sexiest. Is always the nastiest And I like a little sassiness A lot of class Mommy reaching your bag Past the fifth I'm a leader at last This a Don you wit My nines are spit Niggas lose consciousness